<laughs> also, I love how it's like it's like a chiddush that it looks like a school. <laughs> um, okay, we're up to Daf Tzadi Dalad Amud Aleph, the top of the Amud. So what we're trying to figure out is like this: if an Eid Echad comes and says that the husband died, we know that he's Neman. The Shail of the Gemara had. is if an Eid Echad comes and says that the Yavam died, meaning, we know the husband died, and Eid Echad comes and says, hey, you don't have to do Yavam because the Yavam died, do we believe? That's the Shailah. That's the Shailah. So the Gemara says, Amr Lur of Sheisha Tenisua. Rav Sheisha says, well, it's a clear-cut proof from our Mishnah. Tenisua, it's clear-cut from our Mishnah. Why? Our Mishnah Mamish has this example of a woman believing that her Yavam, that she does not have to do Yibam. It doesn't have the case of someone saying the Yavam died, but it has a case of someone saying that your husband died before your son, i.e. you don't have to do Yibam. So we're asking of whether you could believe one aid when he says you don't have to do Yibam. It's basically the case of the Mishnah, seemingly. Because the Mishnah, I'll say it outside, then we'll see it. I'm going to do a lot of outside today, then we'll see it inside. And that is, the case. there's a case in the Mishnah where a witness, or two witnesses, we'll see, the witness says that you do not have to do Yibam, not because the Yavam died, but because the husband died before the son. Right? It's a case where the husband and the son both died, we don't know the order. And we believe the witness at the time, and then future two witnesses come up and say, no, they were wrong, and then we believe the second set. But there's an initial period of time where we believe that first testimony, where you don't have to do Yibam. Seemingly, the Gemara assumes it's a case where one witness says you don't have to do Yibam, we believe that one witness, then two witnesses come and say, no, you do have to do Yibam, meaning you had to have done Yibam because your son died before your husband, in which case, he's okay, it's a mamzer, fine. But there's that initial period where we do believe the, the seemingly one witness. And the reason why the Gemara assumes that it's a case of one witness then two witnesses is because if it's a case of two witnesses saying you don't have to do Yibam, and then two witnesses come and say you do have to do Yibam, why do we listen to the second one? Right? The case of the Mishnah is where there's an initial testimony you don't have to do Yibam, and she doesn't. Then there's a second testimony saying, no, you were wrong, and the kid's a mamzer. So the Gemara assumes the first initial testimony is one witness. We believe him. You see, you believe one witness that there's no Yibam. And then the second te- set of testimony is a case of two witnesses. Hence, you believe the second set. You believe the first, because that's all you had at the time. Then there's a second set, which is two witnesses, and that's how you believe them. Therefore, the Gemara is proving that we have a raya from our Mishnah, that we believe one witness to say you do not have to do Yibam. Okay, that's a good, the Gemara is going to reject that in a little bit. Good point. The Gemara is going to mention that towards the end of the Amid, and the Gemara will reject that notion. The Gemara says like this, We have a proof that we believe a witness to tell you you don't have to do Yibam. Again, the two options for how a witness is telling you you don't have to do Yibam is either him testifying that the Yavam died, or him testifying that the son died after the father. So either way, he's saying you don't have to do Yibam. The Gemara says, how do I know this? Because it's Mefersh in our Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Amr that the first set of testimony says that your husband died, and then your son, meaning you don't have to do Yibam, and we believe him. Vinissus, and based on that testimony, we believe that, that we believe that testimony. Again, we'll see in a moment, it's a case of one witness. And then two witnesses come forward and say, no, that was mistaken. Uh, there was a mess up. And it's a mamzer. Now, hey, Chidami, what's the case where, we, what's the first testimony that we believe that there's no Yibam? Ilei 
Now you'll say, okay, the first set of testimony was two witnesses. And here's the problem. If it's the first set is two witnesses that say there's no Yibam, and then second set of two witnesses come say there is Yibam, why do we believe the second set? Two against two. Why, why do we believe one set over the other? Trey my chazes to some chasahani, some chasahani. Why are you relying on the second set more than the first set? If it's two against two, then why do we believe the second set? It must be it's one witness comes forward, says there's no yibam, we believe him. Then two come forward, say no, there's yibam. Two beats one. But you see, there was a moment of time where we believe one witness. Void mamzer safik, safik mamzer who? Also, if it was just two against two, besides for the fact that. We would not believe one set over the other. Also, why would you call that a mamzer? That would be a suffolk mamzer. Two against two is a suffolk mamzer. And if you say, hey, it means suffolk mamzer, but it said mamzer. This entire mission is very specific in how they speak. So it must be, it can't be two against two, because if it's two against two, why are we believing the second set over the first set? It must be it's one. One witness says there's no Yibam. We believe him. You see, you believe one witness to say there's no Yibam. And then the second set comes forward and says, no, uh, there, there is Yibam. And the two beats one. So the Gemara has a proof. Again, I just want to very quickly, if there's any questions, say Zdaf is a... It's a to So the Gemara is proving that we believe one witness to say that there's no Yibam because that's the case of the Mishnah. The case of the Mishnah is that there's a testimony there's no Yibam, we believe him. Then there's a testimony saying there is Yibam and we believe them. It can't be two against two because if it's two against two, meaning the initial witnesses say, two witnesses say there's no Yibam, we believe him. Then there's a second set that says there is Yibam, we believe him. Because if it's two against two, why are we believing the second set over the first set? It must be the initial witness is one and we believe. And then the second set is two, and you see that you believe one witness to say there is no Yibam. The Gemara rejects it. The Gemara says, You know what the answer is? The answer is really it's two against two. Meaning, our Mishnah is not talking about a case of a single witness testifying at all. So there's no proof. What's our Mishnah talking about? The case of Yibam. The Mishnah's case is where two witnesses come forward and say there's no Yibam. The husband died before the son, there's no Yibam. We believe him. Two witnesses come forward and say, there is Yibam. And now we believe the second set. So you'll ask Akasha. If it's two against two, why are you believing the second set over the first set? Right? If two, two witnesses say you're Chayv, and then two witnesses come and say you're Potter, why do we believe the second set? Two against two is he's equal. You should go with status quo. You know what the answer is? The second set of witnesses that are two are not just disagreeing with the first set. They're called Ede Hazama. They're, remember from Sechaz Makis, and it was a, it means the second set are not just disagreeing in what happens. They're saying, you weren't there. You don't know. So when that first witness said, hey, we were at the car accident, right? The case of the car accident, you have a father and son. We don't know who died first. The first set of witnesses said, hey, we were at the car accident. The son died after the father. There's no Yibam. And two witnesses come forward. They don't just disagree. It's not like we were there and we saw that uh, you're wrong. They were like, you weren't there. You were with us in, in Florida. So because they're disproving the very testimony of the first set, we don't believe the first set. So really it's a case of two against two. So it's not a proof of one at all. I, if it's two against two, why do we believe the second set of the first? Because the second set is disproving the first set. Oh. So saying there is zoning, not disproving it could be. No, meaning Adem Zomim means they weren't there. I meaning, could be that. Yeah, yeah. No, but the point is, but it's not a proof. It's not a proof of one at all. It's a case of two. And the only reason why we believe the second set of two over the first set is because the second set is not just dis- giving a, dis- dif- a different uh, 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 testimony. They're saying you weren't there. So we don't know. It's not that they're dis- 
Yes, they're disproving the first step. They're not saying that the son died first. Correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're saying that. No, no. I mean, I guess they're saying both. They're saying they, if they're not there, oh, they can no, say we were there. We, we, were, were, there, there, we were there. I, I guess you weren't. Yeah. So it's not that you were. I guess so. Else. I guess so. We yeah. There, that's a good point. That's there. actually a good point. Okay. That's a good point. Okay. No, that's what it has to be. Yeah, yeah that's what it has to be. I was thinking about that also. That's what it has to be. Yeah. So we're back to our original Shiloh, which is if one witness comes and says that there's no Yibam, do we believe? Our mission is not talking about that, so we're back to our Kasha. So the Gemara says. No, the Gemara says lashes. It's the first mission of Marcus. Amalei Rav Mordechai the Rav Ashi, Amalei Rav Achel the Rav Ashi. Toshema, Ein Haisha Neemenes Loimer. Okay, so we're trying to prove whether one witness is Neman. For again, to say one witness wants to say there's no Yibum. Do we believe? So the Brisa says like this. Look at the words of the Brisa. Ein Haisha Neemenes Loimer Moisi Avami Sheenasa Vlei Mesa Achaisi Shekanes Lebeisa. The Brisa says like this. We said yesterday that a woman is believed to say her husband died, right? But a woman is not believed, says the Brisa, to say her Yavam died. Meaning, if her husband already died and she's about to Yavam, and then she comes to court, she's like, my Yavam died, I know it. We don't believe her, why? Because we think that it's possible she doesn't like her Yavam, and she's just lying. So, that, that's this Brisa. So a woman is not believed to say her Yavam died. A woman's also not believed to say her sister died, because she's allowed to then marry her husband, Right? Right, you can marry a sister after the sister dies, you can marry the other sister. So she comes and says, hey, my sister died, I can marry my brother-in-law. Question, why don't, remember when we said um, a couple of dots ago that if we believe somebody, if he says that uh, one witness, if he saw somebody die, because if the guy didn't die, he could always come back and show that he was lying. Why don't we say that in this case? You're right, because th- th- this is obviously proving that that's not the rationale behind it. The reason why we believe is, is not because of that, it's because of Agunas. And because a uh, woman will investigate. You're right, this, this would be a proof to that. So the, co- the point is like this. The Gemara says, that the Brisa just says this line. A woman is not believed to say her Yavam died. We deduce from this, the woman's not believed, but one witness is. Because the Brisa, right, the Brisa is saying the woman's not believed. And we're, we're implying, Dafka, the woman's not believed, but in Eid Echad is believed. Okay. The Gemara says... She's not believed. But one witness is believed. Okay. Here's the problem. If you're going to deduce from this that every time the Mishnah says someone's not believed, one witness is, go to the next line of the Mish- of the Brisa. The next line of the Brisa is, according to you, that that's your line of reasoning, right? She's not believed, but one witness is. Ema Seifa, go to the next line of the Brisa. A man is not believed to say, I have to do Yibam. Right? Let's say the opposite case. A man comes into court and says, my brother died, I have to do Yibam. Not believed. Why? Because we think maybe he wants to marry her. Or he says, um, my wife died, I can marry her sister. Nope. Not believed. Because again, we think that there's ulterior motives. According to your reasoning, that any time that Bryce says, they're not believed, one witness is, right? if you're going to plug in that, 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 um, that like a mathematic equation, then do that over here also. He's not believed to say he should do Yibam, to say that the brother died, but one witness is. Let me ask you a question. Do we ever find, I just talked to Yehuda about this, do we ever, why is it one woman, one, one witness is believed when it comes to death? Generally, one witness is not believed. The reason is, for Agunas, in this case, in the second case, a man comes forward and says, my brother died, I should do Yibam. Bright says, you're not believed. But you're going to plug in that mathematic equation. He's not believed, but one witness is. Let me ask you a question. If one witness comes forward and says, that man died, 
his brother can do yibum. That guy's not believed. We don't believe one witness to help a guy marry. It's only to help a woman marry. <laughs> because a guy can get married to multiple wives. So we never have a heter of one witness for a man. So you're telling me that when the Brisa starts off, right? The Brisa starts off saying a woman is not believed to say that she, should, that she doesn't have to do Yibam. She's not believed to say that, her, that the, bro, that the Yavim died. She's not believed, but one witness is. The Gemara says, okay, so take that equation, that she's not, but one witness is. Go to the next case. A man is not believed to say that he, that he could do Yibam, that his brother died. He's not believed, but one, woman is, but one witness is. One witness is not believed to help a man remarry. So it must be that your equation is off. The Gemara says, Why would we ever be reliant on one witness for a man? So it must be your equation is wrong. So what's the actual way to read the Brisa? Again, the Brisa said, a woman is not, we're trying to figure out whether a witness is believed to say not to do Yibam. So the Brisa says, a woman is not believed to say she does not do Yibam. And a woman comes forward and says, my Yavam died. We don't believe her. So we started plugging in. She's not believed, but one witness is. The Gemara says, no, 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 no. Don't, that's, not, that's not how you're supposed to read the Brisa. How are you supposed to read the Brisa like this? A woman is not believed to say she does not do Yibam. What's the Chiddush? Don't deduce witness, whatever. The Chiddush is, she's not believed. Meaning, if you hold like Rebbe Kiva, yeah, every Chayve Lavin is a Mamzer. A woman comes into court and says... A woman comes into court and says, my Yavam died. Meaning, I'm supposed to do Yibam. The Yavam died. I, 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 I can marry a random guy. The bride says, you don't believe her. You want to know why that's a Chiddush? Don't deduce anything. It, it's, the Chiddush is that. Not, not to be about witness. Why is that a Chiddush? If she marries someone else other than the Yavam, according to Rav Akiva, the child's a Mamzer, you might think that because the penalty of lying is having a mamzer that would prevent her from lying, and we should believe her. Kamash Malan, no. A woman comes into court and says, I don't have to do yibam, we do not believe. We believe that she has ulterior motives, she doesn't want to marry the yibam, and she's lying. The chiddush is not, I will deduce. One witness, no, 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 we're not. When something's a chiddush in and of itself, right, the rule of Gemara is that when something is poshit, when something is obvious, you could you say, well, this is poshit, it must be to teach me something else. But when something's a chiddush, it's a chiddush. The brisa, we're trying to figure out whether one witness is naman to say there's no yibum. The, what does the brisa say? A woman's not believed to say that there's no yibum because we're afraid she's lying. So if a woman comes in to say, my yavam died, we believe her. We, we don't believe her. So we thought that was like, oh, let's deduce from this. She's not believed, but one witness is. The answer is no, no, no. She's a chiddush. Don't deduce from anything. Focus on her. She's a chiddush. Why is she a chiddush? Why is it a Chiddush when she says that a Yavam, the Yavam died that we don't believe her? The Chiddush is because according to Rav Akiva, if she's lying and she marries someone else when there is a Yavam that's alive, she's Chayve Lavin, she's going to have a Mamzer kid. You might think that that should be enough of a penalty to scare her off from lying. Kamash Malano, she's still lying. That's the point. So the Gemara says, You might think, The answer is, don't deduce anything from this Brisa about one witness. Just focus on what the Brisa is saying. All the Brisa is saying is that if a woman comes forward and says, My Yavim died, we do not believe her. What's the Chiddush? You might think that because if she's lying, meaning if there is a Yavim out there and she marries a random guy, she's over Chayve Lavin and the child's a Mamzer, according to Kiva, you might think that that should be enough of a penalty to scare her off from lying. Kamash Malan, no. Kamash Malan, a woman will still lie 
if she doesn't like the Yavam, and she'll deal with the consequences later. Okay. So we're back to our original question, which is, if a one witness comes forward and says that the Yavam died, do we believe him? So we're back at it. We have not accomplished... I mean, we've gone a lot of detours, but we're back. We have not accomplished anything so far. If one witness comes forward and says that the Yavam died, do we believe? So Adam had a very good point before, which is, it's a Kabbalah One witness comes forward and says that the husband died. We're allowing a married woman to remarry based on that, an Ashish Ish. So we believe one witness to say that the husband died. And we're allowing a married woman to marry someone else. We're not going to believe one witness to say that the Yavam died. This is already a woman whose husband is dead. She's not a married woman. She's supposed to do Yibam. One witness comes forward and says, the Yavam died. You're entertaining that we're not going to believe? We're going to believe one witness for an Ish. We're not going to believe it for a Lav. You understand? We're going to believe one witness to say that the husband died and now she's no longer a married woman. She's an Ish. That will believe one witness. But you tell me we're not going to believe one witness to say that the Yavam died, which is just a Lav. So why don't you employ a Kavah It's Adam's cash. So the Gemara says, Rava Omer, it's Rava says, Rava says it's a Kavah That's Rava's Shita. Good. I mean, again, if we believe one witness to say that the husband died, right, every Aguna, we believe one witness to say the husband died, and she's allowed, she's single now, we allow, we allow one witness to be maternacious ish, we're not going to allow one witness to say that the Yavim died, which is just a lav. So the Gemara responds that, we, we pask in that way, by the way, that's how we pask, we pask like what uh, Rava and Adam said. But the Gemara does reject it. I'll tell you why the Gemara rejects it. It's a good svara, conceptually. But let's focus on the woman. If a, what we had from yesterday's daf and today's daf, if you put it together, if a woman comes forward and says that her husband died, do we believe her? Yes. If a woman comes forward and says that her yavam died, do we believe her? No. It's the exact same thing. Right? We're believing a woman to say her husband died and she's an ish, but we're not going to believe her for a yavam. So evidently, evidently, we will be more strict by testifying about a yavam than about a husband. You mean it's a, it's a wonderful svara. The problem is we just don't pass in that way when it comes to the woman. By the woman, right, the svara is, if we're going to be lenient for an ish, of course we'll be lenient for a lav. The answer is, well, not by a woman. A woman could testify that her husband died and will believe her, but not by a yavam. So evidently, we're more strict by a yavam. We think that they'll lie because they don't like the yavam. We assume people like their husbands. So if they testify the husband died, we'll believe. The one witness testifies the husband died, we'll believe. But when it comes to the yavam, we're more strict, evidently. I Meaning, it's a very good svar. It's just evidently we don't pass in that way. The Gemara says, What about a woman herself? By a woman, if she testifies that the Yavim died, we don't believe her, but testify by the husband, we do. Evidently, we're more strict about the Yavim. Why? So why, why don't we believe the woman by a Yavim? Because we're saying that if she doesn't like the Yavim, she'll lie. So to the one witness, if he doesn't like the Yavim, then he'll lie. Okay. Um, oh, this flies probably like a Gilgal or something that wants to learn Gemara, but I don't like it. It's big. The Gemara says like this. Elazar um, ben Masia said the following halacha. Elazar ben Masia said, if uh, one witness comes forward and says, if you remember the previous daft, a couple of them, 
One witness says that the husband died, she remarries, then the husband shows up, we penalize her, right? She, she can't go back to, she's divorced from both. But said Rav ben Yaakov, ben Yaakov, Let's say instead of marrying the second husband, she just did Kedushan. So she didn't actually do an Avera. That, then she doesn't need a get. Meaning, so if one witness comes forward and says your husband dies and she's Makadish another person, she gets Kedushan from another man, then the husband shows up, she could just say bye-bye and go back to the first husband. No get from the second. No, no need. She, she, it's fine. What, what's his source? The Pasuk says, Isha Grusha um, Isha, that you can only get divorced from your husband. The second guy is not her husband. There's no need for, to get divorced. There's no need. Meaning, if they had actually married together, they lived together, it looks like they're married, then you need a divorce, rabbinically. But over here, it's Isha Megrusha. You get divorced from your husband, not from a random guy. The second guy is not her husband. Yeah? So the Kamara just says like this, Amr of Yehuda Merav, Havli the Ravalaz Lamedrish Bimarganis of Adarsh Bechaspa. Rav Yudha Marav says, it's such a chaval. Ravalaz could have darshaned a pearl from this pasuk, but he darshaned a shard of pottery. Meaning, you're using the pasuk, I, I get it. You could have used it so much better. This pasuk is used for a different drasha. The Tanya, Isha Grusha Meisha, Filin is Garshim, Isha Psula Kuhuna, Hanerecha Geta Paisa We had this before, and that is that the Idarsh in this pasuk, Isha Grusha, you divorce from a man, even if you're only divorced from your husband, not from anyone else. What does this mean? Let's say you give your wife a get, but you say, uh, I'm divorcing you on condition you don't marry anybody else. So we're no longer together, but you're not allowed to marry anybody. The halacha is that it's biblically not a get because a divorce by definition means severing the relationship. But rabbinically, it is a get. And she needs, I mean, she's pasal kuhuna. Rabbinically, she's pasal kuhuna. What's the source? Isha grusha me isha. If she's divorced from her husband, meaning even if she's just divorced from her husband, but she's, she's still, I mean, she's just separated from her husband, but she's not allowed to anybody else, it's still a reyach a get. It's still something. That, that it's still considered divorce, that she's possible kahuna. I mean, that's a different drush you can use from these words. So, Rav Yudor Marav saying, he could have darshaned it that way, which is a pearl, and he darshaned it that way, which is a shard of pottery. Okay, fine. Vaiter in the Gemara. This is the easy part. Misha says like this. I'll do my best. Misha Holcha, Misha Holcha, Yishtoy Lemdinas Hayam, Okay, this is a different case. Till now, we're talking about a case where there's a testimony, there's a witness that's saying that the husband died and then she remarried. This is different. This is where the witness testifies, or two witnesses testify, that his wife died, and then she mar- he marries her sister. Then the sister, sh- then the sister shows, then the wife shows up. So now she's he's he's married to her sister and to his wife. You understand? Meaning. There's two witnesses that say the, the wife died, because it can't be one witness, because there has to be two witnesses. Two witnesses say the wife died. Then he says, okay, my wife's dead, I'll marry her sister. You're allowed to marry your wife's sister after your wife dies. So he marries his sister, and then the wife shows up. So the question is, okay, he didn't have era for sure, but the question is, is his wife and him allowed to be back together? If it's a valid marriage to his sis- to the wife's sister, then you can't marry two sisters at the same time. So the Mishnah says like this, Mishalcha Ishlam Dinas Hayam. Your wife goes to a faraway uh, island, and witnesses come and say, your wife died. He says, okay. So he marries her sister. Then his wife shows up. So now he's got his wife, and he's got his wife's sister that he was married to for a year. 
again, it wasn't a valid marriage because Kedushin is not typhus, because it turns out his wife was still alive, right? It's, you can't marry two sisters at the same time. So it turns out that the second marriage to the wife's sister was not valid, but they were together for a while. So the halacha is, Muteris, Lachser, go to the next page, Lachser Loi, he's allowed to stay, his wife is allowed to reunite with him, because the wife didn't do anything wrong. It's not like the wife did adultery. The wife did nothing wrong. And his marriage to the wife's sister is not valid. So it, it, it's, it's just like he had a, a not nice relationship with the wife's sister. It doesn't affect the wife. I mean, I'm sure that there's going to be like emotional problems. But, but, but halachically, they're fine. Because he was never married to the wife's sister, he's allowed to marry the wife's sister's relatives, meaning it's not, they were never married. And by the way, if his wife ends up dying at some point, he could get back together with the wife's sister because they were never married. It's not like they were divorced. They were never married. And by the way, it's not even... Yeah, yeah okay, fine. Now... What if a slightly different case? The two witnesses come and say the wife died. He marries the sister. Then they find out the sister was the wife was alive at the time of the marriage, but she died at some point later. So the, the, there was a period of time where he was married to two sisters. Then there's a period of time he's just married to the wife's sister. The halacha is havlad so the child that he had during the time period that he was married to two sisters, that child's a mamzer, because he was married to the wife's sister and the wife. So the child that he had during that time period, so let's say for six months the wife was still alive, then after that the wife died. Any child that he had during those six months is a mamzer, any child that he had after that, after the wife's death, not a mamzer. Okay. Let me explain Rav Yaisi. The Gemara tomorrow will talk about this further. I'll just say outside what Rav Yaisi holds. Let, let, let me say over the case again, because this is important. Witnesses come forward and say, your wife died. So he says, okay, I'm going to marry the sister. So he's married to the wife's sister. Then the wife shows up. So what do we say? The wife's sister was now in a marriage. It's nothing. It was a mistake. Bye-bye. Back to the wife. So far, so good, yeah? What if the wife's sister was married at the time? Right? If she's single, it's a little easier. Right? She was single. You married her. Turns out it wasn't a real marriage. Okay, you live together. Bye-bye. What if she was married? So by you living with her, you made her also to her husband. right? Because she, assuming that there was one witness for her, she, in essence, right? There's, there's, you have to say, it's a little complicated with Tysus, but you basically have to say that there's two witnesses that say that the wife died but there's and there's one there's two witnesses say the wife died one witness say the husband died but Bekitzer, she was married at the time so the case is your wife and her husband travel abroad one the, the witnesses come forward and say your wife died and your wife's sister's husband died both dead so you're like okay i'm single you're single let's get together so it's the exact same case. The only difference is that she was married at the time and they, she was also under the impression that she was single. They both show up. So now it's a little more complicated. I'll tell you why. She, by you living with her, she is not allowed to go back to her husband because she committed adultery. The question is, does that affect your ability to go back to your wife? Meaning, do we say, the Rabbanon Shita is, I don't care what happened to the wife's sister. We're just focusing on your wife. Your wife went, 
you thought she was dead, you married her sister, turns out she wasn't, you can go back to the wife, because what did the wife do wrong? You were never married to the wife's sister, no adultery from the wife, that's fine. Rav Yossi disagrees. Rav Yossi holds that if you, by living with the wife's sister, make the wife's sister usher, because she's a married woman, if this relationship made one woman usher, it'll make your wife usher as well. I don't know if this is clear at all. It's a little tricky. But again, the case is, just one, I'll try one more time to explain it. The case is where your wife, your wife, you're told your wife is dead, you marry her sister, it turns out your wife is alive, you can go back to marrying your wife. Because the wife's sister was, it was not a marriage, it was a mistake. Fine. Says what, the second case. What if your wife's sister was married at the time? Meaning, she thought her, her husband was also dead, but but turns out she was actually a married woman. So when you lived with her, you weren't just living with your wife's sister, you were living with your wife's sister and a married woman. So she's not allowed to go back to her husband. That's her problem, because she committed adultery. Understood. The question is, does that prevent you from going back to your wife? Do we say that because this entire mess-up was not just a mess-up, it forbade one marriage, we're going to forbid your marriage as well. That's Rav Yaisi Shita. Rav Yaisi says, if this mess up messed up your wife's sister's marriage because she was a married woman, it messes up your marriage as well. The Rabbana disagree. They say, well, why? I can go back to my wife because my wife didn't do anything wrong. I made a mistake, but it doesn't affect her. My wife's sister's messed up. Taka. Okay, but my, me and my wife are fine. That's the Shiloh. And the Gemara speaks it out. Even if the cases where your wife's sister was married. So, the, had, had, so how does she think she was single? Your wife and your wife's sister's husband, your brother-in-law, both travel abroad. The, they, they're told the plane went down. So you think you're single. Your wife's sister thinks she's single. You marry each other. They both show up. So not only did you mess up with your wife's sister, she was a married woman. So her marriage is over. Says the Rabbanon, even though this relationship, says the Rabbanon, they disagree with the Rav Yossi, they say, even though this relationship forbade your wife's sister from going back home, because she's a married woman who committed adultery accidentally, but, you're allowed to go back to your wife. Because we look at it as two independent concepts. Your wife's sister's messed up and her marriage is over, but your marriage is still golden. Okay. Good? As good as we can get. Let's go back there. Here's the Shiloh. I'll tell you outside the Shiloh. Let's go back to the Mishnah. Simple case. You're told that your wife died, you marry the wife's sister, then the wife shows up. So what did we say? You can go back to your wife. Right? Wife didn't do anything wrong. You were never married to your wife's sister. It was a mistake, halachic mistake, and you're fine. Yeah, everyone got that? That's the case. Your wife, you told your wife died, marry the wife's sister, wife shows up, so we look at the wife's sister and say, hey, let's just pretend this didn't happen, me and my wife are back, to, back together. So far, so good. Here's the problem. We're gonna, the Gemara is under the impression that Rav Akiva holds, in such a scenario, you have to give your wife's sister a get. Because it looks like you were together for a while, people think you're married, you've got to give your wife's sister a get. Then, here's the problem. If you give your wife's sister again, you can't go back to your wife. Because she's the sister of your divorcee. So if you actually... Meaning, technically, your wife's sister and you, that, that whole episode was nothing halachically. You were never married. You can't be married to two sisters at the same time. Kedusha's not typhus. It was not a marriage. It was a halachic mistake. So the Misha says, so forget the mistake. Go back to your wife. The problem is, according to Rav Akiva, 
you have to give your wife's sister a get. Because it looks like you were married. Well, once you have to give her a get, then you can't go back to your wife because your wife is now the sister of your divorcee, which you're not allowed to marry. So that ends it. So the Gemara says, Masisan, our mission that says you can go back to your wife is the like Rav Akiva. It's not Rav Akiva. Why? Di Rav Akiva, According to Rav Akiva, you have to divorce the wife's sister. If you have to divorce the wife's sister because of optics, then you can't go back to the wife. Why? Normally, if you live with a chayv karis, you don't have to give a get. Except, and this we had a couple days ago, the only time you have to give a get to a chayv karis is if a woman remarries based on one witness. And then the husband shows up, so she's married to two men, but the second marriage was not a marriage because she was a married woman. Kedush is not tayv, but you have to give a get, just for optics. Fine. Says Rav Akiva, he adds two cases. One is your wife's sister. That's our case, meaning if you were told that your wife died and then you married your wife's sister and then your wife shows up, you have to give your wife's sister a get. So that's the problem. If you have to give your wife's sister a get, you can't go back to your wife because she's the sis- sister of your divorcee. Because then it's mamish like you're married to two women. I mean, the whole premise of our Mishnah is that the marriage to the wife's sister was nothing. If you're giving her a divorce, it's something. Uh, Rav Akiva also adds one more case, and the, the case is Ishes um, Ach. Uh, um, what if you think you have to do Yibam, but you didn't? Meaning you're, you're, you're told, a woman's told, hey, your hus- her husband died, uh, and now the brother's like, okay, I got to do Yibam, and he does Yibam. Turns out the brother was alive, the brother shows up. So now this woman is married to two brothers. So technically she's not married to the second brother. It's Kedushan Nataifis, it's just a mistake. He has to give her a get. So that's where Akiva adds. So go back to our case. If according to Akiva, you, you have to give your wife's sister a divorce for optics, you can't go back to your wife. So our mission is not like Akiva. The Gemara says, Good. So I'll tell you how the Gemara rejects it, and that's the last little bit of the stuff. I'll say it outside, then we'll see it inside. Again, the Gemara is saying that according to Rav Akiva, our mission is not Rav Akiva. Why? Because Rav Akiva holds, in our Mishnah, you have to give your wife's sister a get. Again, the case is one witness. Uh, the witnesses, uh, one witness come forward. Uh, two witnesses. Uh, two witnesses come forward. Shaila Rishonim. The kids say this testimony that uh, your wife died. He marries the wife's sister. The wife shows up. Our mission says go back to the wife. Well, there's nothing. Rav Akiva says you got to give the wife's sister a get. If you have to give the wife's sister a get, you can go back to your wife. So our mission is not like Rav Akiva. The answer is why? Why do you have to give the wi- wife's sister a get? Like why? Why do you have to? Because so, it's optics, but everyone knows you can't marry, they see this, the woman, like they see, it's, also, it's weird, like optics for what? Everyone sees your wife's back. <laughs> that you can't marry two sisters that are living. So what are you worried about? Like optics, what are people going to say? Oh, I thought he was married to the sister, I guess you can marry two sisters. Everyone knows you can't. And what are you going to say? I thought she was dead, she's right there. So what, what exactly is the optics? So says, says the Gemara, Rav Akiva did not always require giving the wife's sister a get. He only required it in the following scenario, which is not our Mishnah. Instead of marrying a woman, like full marriage, you're Mikadish and Isha, just Kedushin. Then someone comes forward and says, hey, your wife died. You married the sister. Then the wife shows up. So you were never fully married to your wife. You just did Kedushin. The reason why you have to give a wife, your wife's sister a get is because people will think 
that the Kedushan that you gave to your wife originally was not a real Kedushan. They're actually going to think you married the wife's sister. Meaning... Uh, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Meaning, 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 meaning uh, we're saying that according to Rekiva, you have to give the wife's sister a get. Why? Optics. Optics of what? You can't marry two sisters. If they see the two sisters are walking around together, you know you can't marry them. What's the confusion about? It, you obviously did something wrong. The answer is, you're right. Rekiva and our Mishnah would not require a get. And therefore, you could go back to your wife because it's not a divorcee. When did Rav Akiva specifically say you need to get? Only in the scenario where you never fully married to your wife. You just did Kedushin. Then she went away. People said she died. You married the wife's sister. Then she shows up. The reason why you have to give the wife's sister a get is because people will legitimately think you were never married to your wife. They'll say, I thought they were married. No, they never did a chuppah. What did they do? Kedushin. But then he married the sister. I guess the Kedushin wasn't a good Kedushin. Maybe the witnesses were not good. Yeah, they were never really married. He was married to the wife's sister. That's why you have to give the wife's sister a get. But if everyone knows that you were fully married to your wife, and then you married your wife's sister, and your wife's back, you don't need a get for that. So therefore, our Mishnah, which, which does not require a get, is consistent with Rav Akiva, because Rav Akiva only required a get when there was just Kedushin. If you were fully married to your wife, there's no rationale to require a get to your wife's sister. It doesn't make sense. The Gemara speaks it out. When do you require a get? Because if it's just Kedushin, people are going to say, oh, you were never really married. There must have been a stipulation. The Kedushin was never chal. And therefore you actually married the other person. So too in the case where Rav Akiva requires giving your wife's sister a get, it's only in the scenario where Mekadosh and Isha, just Kedushin, then your wife goes, you find that your wife died, you marry the wife's sister fully, and then the wife comes back, now you have to give the wife's sister a get, why? Because people are going to say, you were never really married to your wife. It was just Kedushin, there must have been a Tanai, the Kedushin didn't work out, it was never really marriage. You were actually married to your wife's sister. That's why you have to give her a get. Ella Nesuin, but if you're actually married to your wife like an hour Mishnah, there's no requirement for a get. One more last little sugya, four minutes. Mount four minutes, I'll be able to do this quickly. The Gemara wants to know why you can't add. Ravakiva is adding, Ravakiva is listing um, cases where you have to give a get. What's the case? Where... Um, Again, the only cases are, it's where it's bad optics. So the cases are the three cases. I'll run through them very, very quickly. One witness comes and says the wife died. Then uh, the, one witness comes and says the husband died. She remarried. Then the husband showed up. It looks like he married to two people. Again. Um, uh, the second one is uh, wife's sister. Because if the wife's sister died, you're allowed, if the wife died, you're allowed to marry the wife's sister. So you hear the wife died. You're like, okay, I guess it's mother. Marry the wife's sister. She shows up. Meaning these are all cases where upon death it's actually mutter, you think there's a death, you think it's mutter, and then there's a mess up. Then why, why can't I add mother-in-law? So you'll say, well, what is Shaykh's mother-in-law? There's a shita of the Tanoim, potentially, that you're allowed to marry your mother-in-law upon your wife's death. So, here's the case. Very simple case. You hear your wife died. You're like, okay, of course I'm going to marry my mother-in-law. Then the wife shows up. So you need to give a get to your mother-in-law. Meaning, why isn't that listed? Right? We're, listing, we're looking for cases where upon death it's permitted, you think there's a death, you think it's permitted, you marry, then the person shows up. So why not add mother-in-law in that list? The Gemara just says, Rav Akiva holds you're allowed to marry the mother-in-law upon the wife's death. So why don't we just add that? 
Kiva's opinion is that after your wife dies, there's no sreifa on the mother-in-law, meaning you're allowed to marry the mother-in-law. So why don't you do that case? You think the wife died, you married the mother-in-law, then the wife shows up, so you have to give away. Why is that not on the list? The Tanya, the Pusik says that you shall not marry a woman and her mother-in-law, and if you do, they shall die. Now, by the way, there's no reason, this is a drusha thing, there's no reason to kill your wife. It says they shall die. Why should my wife die? I, I married my wife, and then I married her mother. Her mother. So why should I kill them? That doesn't make sense. Ravi Shmuel actually says the case is... And Ravi Shmuel says, meaning means you only kill one of them. Ravi Kiva says, no, you kill both. The Pashtus, so the, the Rashi and Chumash says, Rav Akiva says that it's referring to a case where you married your wife, her mother-in-law, and her mother. Trifecta. So, but, 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 but one shot of Rav Akiva is, says the Gemara, Rav Akiva holds that a Rav Akiva and Rav Shmuel both agree. There's no machlaikas between them, there's just machlaikas and drushes, but there's actually no halachic machlaikas. They both agree you're not allowed to marry your mother in law upon the wife's death. So according to Abaya, it doesn't make the list. But Rava, Rava disagrees. Rava holds that according to Ravakiva, after your wife dies, you're allowed to marry her mother. And that's why it says, you're only, you're only going to get the death penalty when both are alive, meaning both your wife and her mother. Once your wife dies, you're allowed to marry the mother. So the kasha is, according to Rava, according to Rav Akiva, that there's no sreifa on your mother-in-law upon your wife's death. Why can't that be the case? You think your wife died, you married the mother, and then the wife shows up. So why is that not listen? So the Gemara ends off, we'll end off with this. The answer is, Rav Akiva never said it's mutter to marry your mother-in-law upon your wife's death. There's no sreifa. It's just a love, but it's still not mutter. We're looking for cases where upon the death, it's mutter. So the reason why the mother doesn't make the list is because it's, it may not be sreifa, according to Rava's version of Rav Akiva, but it's not death. Uh, just to end the daf, the Gemara speaks out what we've been talking about for a while, which is that when you, when you hear your wife died and you marry her sister and then the wife shows up, you're allowed to go back to, this, to the wife. Why? The answer is, How come you're allowed to go back to the wife? Why isn't it a problem? You married, you were with her sister. The answer is, The answer is, every time a, a person marries, a, a woman remarries based on a mistake, let's say a case where a woman thinks her husband died and she marries someone else, we ask her it. Why? Because that's adultery. If it's adultery under certain circumstances, we're going to ask her it. This case, it's just posh. This case, it's not adultery. What happened? You told your wife died, you married the wife's sister, then the wife shows up. The wife did nothing wrong, so because the wife did nothing wrong, we're not going to cross the wife or we're going to lie to you go back together. I'll stop here.